0: Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply.
1: Stocks have been trading close to the top side of the Dow theory ranges we've been talking about for over a year now. And the transports, a major leading indicator, has already broken through the levels it needed to. But the Dow theory is still bearish. And it stays that way. Until the Dow Industrials close above 34,589. And that's what we're talking about today. I'm Andy Gersher, and this is Games. We're talking Dow Theory. So we're bringing on Chuck Carlson, CEO of Horizon Investment Services and publisher of the Dow Theory Forecast newsletter in Hammond. He's author of Winning with the Dow's Losers. And you got to check out his website, UpsideStocks.com. Chuck, always great to have you on the Gains Podcast.
2: Thanks for having me back, Andy. Always a pleasure.
1: Since we've only been talking about this for two years now and it's been guiding us through these markets, even though it's pretty close to the top side, the Dow theory is still bearish, but like I said, really close to the upper levels it needs to break through. Let's start there. Dow theory, still bearish. Give us the setup.
2: Sure. As you mentioned, the last major signal under the Dow theory uh, was, and and that has not changed, it was a bear market signal when you had both the Dow Jones Industrial And Dow Jones transportation stocks go to new significant lows at the end of September. Uh, Now, what you need for the theory to flip from bearish to bullish is a couple of things to happen. And we have seen almost all we needed to see happen. First, you need to have a rally off those lows to establish new significant high points then you need to have a retest of those lows, and then finally you need the, the retest to be successful and then to, then the market to gather itself and rally above those, those rally highs that were established on that rally off the low. Uh, we have seen that map out in the Dow Jones Transportation Average. Uh, the Dow Jones transportation average bottomed at the end of September at 11,999, uh, then had a rally into late November uh, of 14,00649. We had what we felt was a suitable retest of the September low, and then the transports rallied and surpassed on a close that level of 14,649. In fact, they went about 1,000 points above that. So, you know, the transports have done their part, but as you know, the Dow theory consists of two things, the the performance of the Dow Jones transportation average and the Dow Jones industrial average. And you need to see those two confirm one another in order to give a – Legitimate valid signal under the Dow theory, and we have not yet had the Dow Jones industrial average go above its late November high of thirty four thousand five eighty nine we've gotten close uh and we are close right now we 're still you know we're within five hundred points, so we 're within probably less than two percentage points um, but we haven't gotten there yet and in and, and you the- have
1: to admit it's been tempting, tempting. When you see that and you're like, oh, we're almost there. Let's, you know, why don't we just get ahead of this and back up the truck? But it's got to be a close above that number to get the all clear sign. And, you know, we often talk about both the industrials and the transports. The thing that's interesting here, Chuck, is we always talk about the transports are the ultimate leading indicator in a lot of ways, and they've been kind of leading this drive higher as well, and it even makes it like, oh, yeah, you know we're there. Even the transports are telling us, but it has not closed above those levels, and and so – and that's why – those are the levels that we watch, but it, it is interesting how the transports have been leading the way, and it just – it feels like you know, it's going to turn the corner here, but we have these established Dow Theory levels for a reason.
2: That's right. And, and you know, yes, you bring up a good point. The transports, which are often kind of a leading indicator, uh, you know, they have done it. Uh, the S&P 500, which is not part of Dow Theory analysis, but nevertheless represents an important part of the market, that's done it. So, you know, we're kind of waiting on the, the industrials here to do their thing. And And I will point out that, you know, if somebody held a gun in my head and said, you know, based on what's been happening with the other indices, do you think the Dow Jones Industrial Average is going to do it? I would say it will. However, until it does, you know, you have to have the, you know, you got you to gotta rely on the last major signal under the Dow theory, and that is still bearish. Again, you know, it, it, it boils down to, you know, if you follow a tool, you need to follow the tool. And, you know, there have been instances in the past, and I've been Using the Dow Theory and following the Dow Theory for for over 40 years, where you know you get things called divergence at the top, and that can be a significant indicator of of, of a change in 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 the, the near term trend. When you have one average doing something that is not being confirmed by the other, that is what's called divergence, and that can oftentimes lead to uh, you know a pivot on the short term. So. You know, we're, we're we're waiting to see what's what's going to happen here, and and let the market kind of tell us the story. And right now, the story hasn't yet been written yet for for a bull market signal. And, and until you see the Dow Industrials close above that November high, and that again, that's 34.589.77, we are reluctant to to really you know increase our equity exposure at this point.
1: You know, it's another thing to this as well. I just recently had a conversation with Jim Welsh and we were, you know, he was taking a technical look at the markets and, you know, he sees just a further, a little further upside. And then he thinks we're going to go back and, and, and eventually do a retest of some of the levels that we're watching on the downside. So like you said, you know, you, there are levels established in these types of systems, and you really got to be disciplined and stick with them.
2: Yeah, you do and, and and again, you know it it we're not betting the the entire farm on on the Dale theory. I mean you know as is, is we've talked about a lot I am I am that.
1: Chuck, I am and <laughs> <laughs> you know you shouldn't be, but I am no go ahead <laughs>
2: Well, well, you know, we've talked about this a lot. I mean, there there isn't a market tool alive that's going to give you and is going to be, you know, accurate 100% of the time. Um, and, you know, anytime that you're you're kind of bucking uh, you know, or or betting on downside in the market, you're bucking a a pretty long established long-term trend in the market which typically does move higher. So, you know, it's not like we're sitting there waiting for this this Dow Industrials to do their thing and have zero exposure to the market. Um that's not true. We we have plenty of exposure to the market, but we're not taking up that equity exposure in, until we see you know the Dow Jones Industrial Average kind of prove that this in fact is a you know we have had a trend change from 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 bearish to bullish and 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 by the way, you know, if when that does happen, if and when that does happen, you know, it's not necessarily confirming a new bull market. That new bull market really started back at the September bottom, right? It's just basically confirming that, hey, the primary trend has moved from bearish to bullish. And and what does that mean from a practical standpoint? Well, one thing that it means is that, you know, you can have a greater assurance of, of buying the dips there because now the dips are going to be dips within a bull market trend as opposed to you know pullbacks within a bear market that can go to, you know further and further and further downsides.
1: So. Oh yeah, in that kind of situation, you're licking your chops whenever the market pulls back because you know that now the Dow theory is is bullish once it breaks those levels. When it does, yeah, I know you're not an all or nothing shop, and you were just kind of speaking to that, and you you have exposure to the market, yeah, you know, maybe not as much as when uh, they were at much higher levels. And you have dry powder, but when you get that all clear sign, Chuck, uh, do you pretty much uh, back up the truck, or do you dollar cost average in?
2: No, we, you know, you might. Well, I, you know, I, it's probably somewhere in between, and and because often, Andy, it's it's interesting, and it'll probably happen here. You know, for for the the, the market to kind of get above these these levels, it it seems like it requires a, you know. A lot of energy. It's almost like the you know the, the the marathon guy just kind of he can see the finish line, or she can see the finish line, and they're you know they're they're struggling to get to it. They're struggling to get to it. Then they get over it, and yeah, they've won the race. But man, it, they are out of energy, and you and and it's and and the analogy is oftentimes after you get these confirmed new highs in both of the indices. You see the market have a pretty good downturn because it's kind of, you know, it took a lot of energy to get above that and then it's exhausted. So on a short term, it kind of takes a breather, which is good because then it gives you an opportunity to kind of, you know, I don't know back up, about backing up the truck, but it gives you a better buying opportunity then to start to put some of that cash to work. So it is not unusual to see the market have, you know, a, a pullback and, and sometimes pretty a pretty good pullback after you get the confirmed signal change. And, you know, that's... That's when it really is helpful to to you know take advantage of that by knowing that at least from a Dow theory perspective it's a it's a pullback within now a new bull market and. You know, gives you an opportunity to start getting that cash in at pretty good prices.
1: All right, maybe not backing up the uh, truck, but at least maybe <laughs> martingaling on uh, black or red in the roll on the roulette table in the casino. Yeah, no, is that investment that's a better, advice?
2: That's a, yeah, that's a, yeah. I'm not sure your listeners are going to understand what you just said, but yeah, I think that's a better analogy.
1: <laughs> but anyway, yeah. So when this all happens. How do you play it? Because you said you, you you do feel like we're shading towards the 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 upside.
2: Yeah, I, and again, you know, what helps me think that is is the you know we've gotten the we, we've gotten the, the transports that, that definitely have some mojo. Um, you know, you're seeing it in some other indices like the S and P 500. You know, the Russell 2000s had a pretty good year so far this year uh you've had obviously a snapback in in the nasdaq so so you're getting that um so you know again you know if if you're looking at probability, it would seem yeah, I think we can get there the other The other thing is too on you know on days when we're not getting great news on the inflation front like today uh you know the market's kind of hung in there um you know where well,
1: and speak to that you t- you 'cause there's a couple of things i want to hit in our conversation that's important to always recap. That's an important point, too. You always talk about, well, what, how do things change well, when markets stop going down? But also when you get a positive response to bad news. So, so get into that real quick because that's an important aspect uh, to this, and I wanted you to get that across. You talk about it all yeah, the time.
2: I mean, yeah, at the end of the day, w- w- a lot of what investing is all about is trying to figure out how much the market has already discounted bad news because, you know, it, none of us – Gets the news first. I mean, uh, the, the, you have to understand that the market is is forward looking, so it's already factoring in stuff, uh, you know, the bad news that's well known out there, uh, you know, stuff that's coming down the pike, and it's it's kind of discounting that. And what's always difficult, and and you and you see it all the time in in the press and and when analysts talk, and they say it a lot of different ways, but at the end of the day. What we're all trying to figure out is, okay, yeah, the market's discounting things. How much is it discounting? It is it discounting 100% of the bad news? Is it discounting 50%? And that's an argument you hear all the time now. With a lot of the verbiage saying, like, boy, this market is not reflecting the the likelihood that the Fed's going to continue to raise rates and hold them there higher. It's not reflecting, you know, corporate earnings. It's not, you know, doing all all this. And the one way you can kind of have – try to get some insight into how much the market is discounting bad news is when bad news happens, what's the market do? Um, typically, if, you, if if bad news comes out and the market continues to, to react poorly to that bad news, then, yeah, it hasn't discounted it. On the other hand, if you get bad news in the market or bad news on earnings, uh, and all of a sudden the market kind of holds up and even goes higher um, – At least that gives you some idea that, well, you know, the market's already kind of factored this into the equation and, um, you know, has already kind of moved on. And so, you know, today's action, uh, you know, not great, but, you know, we were down a lot more earlier in the day. In fact, and, you know, the the S&P basically was flat, the NASDAQ was up half a percent, and the Dow was down less than half a percent. So, you know, that that was a, a, a decent showing. I don't want to hang my hat on just one day's showing on that, but that, you know, inflation is still the biggest issue I think that the market faces. Uh, faces. and when you get an inflation report that's not great, and the market does what it did today, I think that that is a sort of thing that that will embolden investors, and it'll be interesting to see if that if that uh, you know emboldens them to to be buyers tomorrow. We'll see.
1: We got to take a quick break. When we get back, we're going to talk about the three engines that drive stocks. We'll get some uh, stock picks from Chuck's upside stocks.com list. We'll be right back after the break, but Hey, be sure to subscribe, follow, and leave us a five-star review on Apple podcasts. If that's an option for you, I've been told that's podcast gold and as always subscribe and turn on those notifications so you know when a new gains episode drops we drop gains episodes on wednesday morning we'll be right back with chuck after the break (sighs)
0: spring is a time of renewal so why not refresh your home with a little help from blinds.com we make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact
1: All right, we're back with Chuck Carlson, CEO of Horizon Investment Services and publisher of the Dow Theory Forecast newsletter in Hammond. He's also author of Winning with the Dow's Losers. And again, Chuck, tell us about that website that everybody's got to check out and get some of those juicy stock picks.
2: That website is UpsideStocks.com. We have a our sister company, Horizon Publishing, publishes an investment newsletter called Upside, which focuses on small and, and, and mid-sized companies. And... Um, you know, for folks out there that are looking for kind of those undiscovered gems, the next Microsofts, et cetera, you know, these it's a pretty good hunting ground. I think we do a nice job with it, and you can learn more about it at UpsideStocks.com, and you can take out a free trial subscription as well there. That's UpsideStocks.com.
1: All right. As we were heading into break, I teased that, and, and I'll have you kind of go into greater detail the three things that actually truly move the stock market—that's important to get in here.
2: Now, those three things are, are uh, inflation, which we've talked about a lot, interest rates, and corporate profits. Those are the three major engines of sustained moves in the market. Now, you know, you can have uh, political issues, you can have war, you can have things that impact thing, uh, the market certainly on a day-to-day or week-to-week basis. But you know, what what sets the market on those major? you know, lasting trends is what's going on in inflation, interest rates, and corporate profits. And, you know, last year, when you take a look at those three engines, they, they weren't great. You had inflation, which was, problem, which was a problem. You had higher interest rates, which were a problem. You had corporate profits, which were, were okay, um, but, you know, they couldn't really outweigh what had, was going on on interest rates and inflation. Um, you had a you had a down market. So what's it saying about 2023? Well, corporate profits are probably – going to be um th- 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 that's probably the greater uncertainty I think and, and quite the frankly big, the big x it.
1: factor is, is corporate profits because you know even with the guidance sometimes you can't even trust that because sometimes they sandbag I uh, I I think that's the the big x factor out of the three it, you mentioned go ahead it,
2: it it is you know I think I think interest rates um, you know, probably are Whether I I would be very surprised if they accelerated higher at the rate they did last year. I don't think that's going to happen. My guess is they they might be in a in a in a range um, with not a significant amount of upside here. Probably not a significant amount of downside. So, you know, they're probably in, going to be neutral, maybe tilting toward toward the bullish side if they do come down a little bit. And then finally, you've got inflation, which has come off its peak. Uh, I think there is. Truth to the, the peak narrative, it's just now a function of how fast they're going to be moving lower the one The one area that does seem to be doing better, and I've talked a lot about it on your show here from our standpoint. the biggest problem with inflation is wage inflation as it relates to stocks, and you know the last wage inflation report was you know had dipped below five percent which you know, is a pretty good start. Uh, you know, if, if it stays above 5%, this market isn't going to go anywhere in a sustained way. And and I think that's one of the reasons that, that helped kind of jumpstart things this year is it looked like, you know, in some of the latest data that, that wages, wage inflation had dropped below 5%. If it can stay below and continue to decrease from there, a decline from there, that is going to be very helpful. So, you know, it, it may sound strange, but the inflation, you know, is probably, you know, neutral to maybe even slightly bullish here in terms of the trend. So, you know, that leaves us with what's what's going to happen with corporate profits. And uh, I I think, you know, they will be okay. Uh, I don't think we're we're going to see just uh, the bottom fall out of the economy. Uh, I think earnings estimates have come down pretty sharply here to kind of lower the bar for companies and their earnings, and as you said, Andy, you know the fourth quarter is always a little bit of a difficult time because you get people kitchen-sinking things where they're just, you know, let's well, it's the end of the year. Our year wasn't very good. Let's just dump everything, and um, which kind of sets up for better, better results and better comparisons, especially in the second half of this year. So, yeah, you, know, you, you add those three, three things up, and they're probably neutral with with maybe a slight tilt toward the bullish camp, and you know, that'll be okay for stocks. That should that should lead to a better year certainly than we had in twenty twenty one.
1: And talk about talking to I'm sorry. Oh no 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 and, and talking about individual stocks, that's when we pull in the upside dot com list. Like I said, these aren't the big names that you hear on on all the financial channels. These are very specific, smaller, kind of below the radar stocks that have a lot of upside and just because they're smaller doesn't mean they're uh, they don't give a great opportunity and in, in fact sometimes in situations and markets that we are in right now where it seems like you have to be a bit more of a stock picker almost company specific some of these can be you know gold uh, for the investor so let's start there upsidestocks.com uh give us a couple ideas Chuck
2: Sure. You know, infrastructure and infrastructure spending is a is, is one of the themes that, that has done well and probably has some legs. And within that, um, we have a stock on the list. It's called Sterling Infrastructure. The symbol is S as in Sam, T as in Tom, R L S T R L. S-T-R-L. Um, stock trades in the, the mid-30s. Um, it's a nice way to play. Kind of infrastructure spending and it's a, it's a the stock has performed well, and we think it's one that where the momentum will continue in that it's still in our quadric stock rating system showing pretty good value despite the the move that it's had upward and and that's a stock that you know is is timely from a thematic standpoint and one where we think the fundamentals are going to continue to be strong that's sterling infrastructure similar as s t r l uh another stock uh we will Uh, I'll throw out there is uh, Allison Transmission Holdings. The symbol is ALSN. I'm kind of warming up to uh, a variety of auto parts and and auto uh, parts providers. Uh, Some of those stocks are doing quite well. A large cap stock that I like in that space is Borg Warner the the symbol is BWA and I think I mentioned that on on the the business lunch hour here recently and the stock's done well I think Allison is in that they do transmissions uh for for uh motor vehicles uh for large uh, trucks et cetera. The symbol is ALSN uh stock trades in the, the around the mid 40s and you get a you know you also get a little bit of a dividend yield on that somewhere around close to 2%. So those are two that I think are, are, are especially timely. They're in areas of the market that have, have, that have been doing well. And I think the fundamentals can support them doing uh, even better as the year goes on.
1: As we wrap up today's gains podcast, what's your takeaway from our conversation and how to play markets right now?
2: <laughs> if you're going to watch anything, watch the Dow Jones industrial average and see how it does relative to that point. That from, from our perspective that's really what what matters right now. You can, you know, there's going to be a lot of noise out there, and there's going to be uh, a lot of tests coming up for the market with various inflation numbers coming out, and and so forth, and how the market responds, and how the industrials respond in particular, and if they can close above that November that November level, and again, that level is thirty four five eighty nine point seven seven. That is what we're watching. We're not making significant changes to our allocation and until that happens. So that's really, you know, it, it's it's kind and of And so you you're you're the, you're
1: the 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 Dow theory is a big part of your decision making uh right now as we speak. You just kinda waiting to see where if it can give us some clarity on on the direction uh, of the yeah, market. Absolutely. Okay. Yeah
2: absolutely it's a big deal. Now that doesn't preclude you from you know, constantly looking at at a micro level, how you can update your portfolios or upgrade your portfolios. And, you know, we have been doing that where, you know, if we, we're constantly looking for new ideas and if we find something we like that's better than something we have in a portfolio, we'll make that trade. We'll probably keep the you know, the equity allocation overall fairly static until we see what the Dow industrials are going to do. But, you know, it, it doesn't give, you know, it doesn't give us an excuse for not doing anything in, in a sense that, you know, invest all investors should constantly be looking for opportunities to upgrade their investment holdings. And, um, you know, and those those opportunities are always around, whether it's a bull market or a bear market. So we're doing that, but from, a you know, a large macro standpoint in terms of what we think is going to happen in the market we're going to see if the Dow Industrials how they're going to write that story here
1: All right, sounds like your advice to the Gains listener right now is to be tactical here, but also keep an eye on those levels we've been talking about, those Dow Theory levels so we can get better clarity on the broader market Big thanks to Chuck Carlson, CEO of Horizon Investment Services and publisher of the Dow Theory Forecast newsletter in Hammond He's also author of Winning with the Dow's Losers. And check out that website. We've talked about it throughout this podcast, UpsideStocks.com. And be sure to subscribe, follow, and leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts if that's an option for you. And as always, subscribe and turn on those notifications so you know when a new GAINS episode drops. We drop GAINS episodes on Wednesday mornings, and I look forward to seeing you then.